Hello, and welcome back to another edition of I Am the Woman Caught in Adultery. Even when I was coming on here, I said, I know they on there saying, this girl high, that's why she on here. No, I trust me, I'm not high because I've been doing so much and talking to you until, no, that's gone. It's just things that I haven't been able to talk to you the past couple of days, so I got to build up. I got a backup, I guess is what you call it. I don't forgot. <laughs> so that's what I'm dealing with. But even though I was getting ready to get down and pray, and I was thinking about what I was saying about needing somebody and wanting somebody. <laughs> no matter how big I've been or how small I've been, I've always been confident of, or my mother always told me I was conceited. But my daddy always called me his beautiful black baby. And I didn't realize at the time why he called me his beautiful black baby. Not just his beautiful baby, but his beautiful black baby. My parents a little, were a little fairer skinned than my brother and I. So I ended up, we ended up being, well, I ended up being a little, I don't even know if I was darker than my brother. I think I was. I don't know. But this man always called me that beautiful black baby. So I thought my black skin was beautiful. And it is. But there was a time that because of the way people treated me, I felt like my skin wasn't beautiful. That I wasn't beautiful. But there came a time when it re-rung in my head what my daddy said, that I was his beautiful black baby. My beautiful black baby. And like I said, it, when no matter how big I got or no matter how small I got, <laughs> I always had that confidence when I shaved my head, well, I didn't shave it. When I got my hair cut and it had the side skin and I was rocking a low hawk, I got so many compliments. And most of my friends were like, girl, I thought about cutting my hair like that, but I was scared somebody was going to say I was a bull dagger. And I asked them, I said, well, are you a bull dagger? No. Well, if you're not a bull dagger, which you weren't. Like I said earlier, most times we get so caught up because even though I was bulldagging, even part-time, sometime, and full-time sometime, when I first was thinking about cutting my hair, that was my worry. They're going to say she really gay. Now she done turned into a stud. One thing I'll never be is a stud. Once upon a time, I was a stem. <laughs> my ex-girlfriend used to tell me, Gina, you ain't nothing but a stud with feminine tendencies. Because to me, I never understood why a woman that's a stud would rock male gear. If you're something I hate, you something that done hurt me and destroyed me the way a lot of the women say, I would not emulate you at all. I would be the total opposite, which is what I was, total girly girl. Even though my daddy taught me how I knew how to change tires, I knew how to change my oil, I knew how to change my brakes if I needed to. 
I knew how to change my tire. I knew how to get in the yard and wash my own car, wax my own car. So I've always been a confident woman. But like I said, there were times because of things going on in life. I allowed that to slip. But whenever I get my, my myself back together and that confidence begins to come out, somebody always get mad and got something to say. And like I said, that's how I learned that my black skin wasn't as beautiful as I thought it was. And I allowed because of what people said to me and did to change my perception of myself. And I had to realize that no matter how black I am, once I heard the black of the berry, the sweet of the juice, it didn't know it didn't matter how black you call me, honey, the black of the berry, the sweet of the juice. I had to learn that no matter what you say that's negative about me, God has something positive because he said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And not only that, he told me he made me in his image and in his likeness. If I'm made just like him, I ought to act like him, I ought to walk like him, I ought to talk like him because I'm in his image and likeness. And that's what I'm working on because I want, I don't want to misrepresent him. That I don't. I don't want to do that. And it's been times that my confidence has become me being convinced because when when my mama used to tell me when another, during another period when my confidence was at its peak she would tell me you so conceited and I would tell her no I'm not I'm convinced because people that are conceited they just think that they look good I know I do. And I'm not saying that I'm pretty. I'm not saying that I'm beautiful. I'm not saying I'm a dime. I know I'm not. But my spirit is so in light, it's so illuminated. The only time it's not is when I'm in an ugly place. And that's what I don't like. Because when I'm in the right place, I can meet no strangers. People just come up and talk to me for no reason. But when I'm in that messed up place, where my confidence is waning and I don't know which way it's going. I don't know how I feel about myself, how I feel about life, how I feel about nothing. But once I started acknowledging him, once I started seeking him first, stop worrying about who looking at me. Well, now I'm not going to say that because we're supposed to make a good impression. And my thing is, anytime I go out, you're going to know that you've seen me not being conceited, not being cocky, just being convinced because I don't, I want to make sure that you remember me. If nothing but a smile, if nothing but, hey, how you doing? Having something nice to say on a day that everything else has gone bad because sometimes people need that. You never know when a person is at their last and, and the, the wrong word to come out could be the last word. The Bible said it when not even even before you get to the Bible. Back in the day, my they used to tell us you can draw more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. And the Bible said that a soft word drive away wrath. 
And everybody always say, I talk, you just talk sex. You always trying to, you trying to seduce somebody. It's not that. And then sometimes in certain situations, it was that because I know the way I talk and the way I can talk that I can cause things to happen the way I wanted to, but that can be good and that can be bad. And when I take advantage of it the wrong way, man, yeah, it hits the fan. So when I first started doing pot, the when I even before I did the first podcast, and I actually sent a sample to Miss Miss P, and she listened to it, and she was like, Regina, you definitely have a podcasting voice. And I said, you're the first one that's ever said anything besides I sound like a phone sex operator. Because I told you, my daughter told me, stop trying to sound sexy and just be stupid. Be stupid like you be with us. In order to gain friends, you must first show yourself friendly. And in order to scale a fish, you have to catch a fish. If I had jumped on here just being stupid, cracking jokes and acting funny and doing all of that, I wouldn't have been taken serious. And then because I came on and the Bible says thus and so and this and that, I I felt myself coming off as preachy and the people that need to be reached wouldn't listen to that. Because, see, it's people that, the people in church that are talking about is smoking, drinking, cussing, having sex out here. And they doing the the same thing in the church. And I know this because when I was in the church, I've smoked weed when I was in church. I've had sex with women while I was in church. I've had sex with men while I was in church. I've written bad checks while I was in church. I've done a lot of things while I was in church. And that's why I said that's because I was under the steeple. It wasn't about the people. It was just weren't being, making sure that I gave the persona that when I was the first lady that you knew I was the first lady, according to my dress. You see how I'm dressed? You see how this hat cocked to the side and I got this nice lace handkerchief. My heels are right. My children are dressed the correct way. My girl's hairs are done. My hair is not done and theirs ain't done. Sometimes I had that hat on because I had time to do their hair, but didn't have time to do mine. So I kept my hair tapered in a short cut. If I slapped that hat on, you don't know what it looked like up under there. But when the spirit came and that hat came off, it didn't matter what it looked like up under there. You think I'm going to stop shouting because that hat came off and we always had good ushers. I thank the Lord because then when we get them hats out of the way. Because once they came off, I don't care about that hat. I don't care about the suits. I don't care about them shoes because I would take them off. And if I had, I used to just shout with my socks on, but then with my stockings, but then I kept tearing them up. So I started putting socks on. Then somebody say, oh, you, you getting ready to praise God. Yes, I'm getting ready to praise God. You don't prepare to praise him. People sit up and wait for the spirit to come. I'm, oh, I'm waiting for the spirit to come to praise the Lord. He didn't never say that. He said, let everything that do what? And that's why even when that breath, t- taking six, taking a breath in, for, in fact, let's try that because we haven't done that in a long time. 
Let's just breathe in for six. We're going to hold it for two. Breathe out for seven. Just that breath can help relax, relate, and release. Like that movie, Waiting to Exhale. I'm always thinking my waiting to exhale is going to be over a man or a relationship or a friendship or somebody else. But when I learned to just let everything to have breath, just breathe and give God thanks, breathe and praise God for what he's doing. Praise God for how he's opening doors. Praise God for how he's closing doors. Praise God for people that he's putting in my life. Praise God for people that he's taking out of my life. Because like I said, this weekend is a, it started about accountability because that's where we're continuing. Because coming into the new year, like I said, I wasn't making a new year's resolution. And then at the last minute, I heard a preacher preaching about giving back. And not only had she preached about giving back, I had done a podcast about being a giver, giving back. Sometimes I can be so selfish and and I'm not a selfish person, but because of this flesh, we all have our selfish tendencies. There are times I just want to do something for me because for so long I hadn't been able to do it. But if I take care of his business, He takes care of mine every time, all day, every day, no problem. So when I learned to focus on him and do what I need to do, I tell people it's a lot of reasons why (laughs) I think I lost my sight. I told him about the medication because I was on depot. I told him about my grandmother only to find out it was glaucoma because she let her diabetes go and didn't take care of herself, that she started having problems with her eyes. And I found out that I got a little too confident in myself. And when I started having problems with my other eye, instead of making my right eye work, keep working, I started pushing it out of the way, just like I've done other things. When I should have been bringing them together and making them work, I pushed it out of the way. I pushed it away. Instead of bringing it together and loving on it and nurturing it. Now, there's a time when you certain things, you got to let it go. You got to. Because the only thing it'll do is it'll hinder you. It'll keep holding you down. But then some things that are necessary and that are essential to you, you have to apply that work on it. Because I noticed that when I work with my eye, and I told y'all, that's why I chose to do the verbal podcast and do it audio because with my visual impairment and because, like I said, when my eye was getting weaker, I would push my right eye out of the way. In order so that the left eye could focus better. So now that that right eye just lay over there by my ear. And sometimes when I'm with my, it was, I can't even say sometimes when I'm on with my friend, with my um, sister girls and we're talking or 
a lot of times I have to remind people that I'm blind because they tell one of their sister girls tell me, she said, Gina, you do so well. Sometimes I forget. And like I tell her, honey, sometimes I forget I'm, I can't see. Because, and then I get to moving so fast. But I bet you when I walk into a wall, trip and fall, mm, I bet you I learned the day to remember that I can't see. And that's why I, I admire Mr. Walters, because I listen to him talking about walking by faith and not by sight. And that's what I had to learn. And sometimes walking by faith, you got to reach out and window shop. I got to reach out and feel for a wall, reach out and feel for a chair, get my whatever I need to use by any means necessary. I even have my long white cane. And a lot of times I find myself not using it because of stigma for one. When people see that you're you have a disability, they try they have a tendency to take advantage of you. I've had times that I've gotten in taxi cabs and because I couldn't see, they ride me a little longer to get some money. Because I'm gonna tell you, I'm visually impaired, so you're gonna have to let me know what the meter is. But in that, I learn who you are. One thing one of the sister girls, Monifa, told us: people show you who they are the first time. Believe them. And even when I was on Marco, a lot of times I had the tendency of looking down at the camera so that that I wasn't showing because I ain't trying to confuse nobody. Because sometimes I've looked in the in the mirror, and I'm like, "Where? What are you looking at?" I used to be able to tell people, "Don't look at the right eye because it'll trick you." But then it got to the point. Sometimes the left eye it act like it wanted to go venture. Once my sight started getting weaker in it. So <laughs> my grandbaby talking about trying to be funny. Nani, are you talking to me? Because this eye done laid over here by this ear. And like I told him, you know, ain't nobody in here but you and me with your little ugly self. Yes, I'm talking to you. That's a shout out to my baby. <laughs> that too, the man. With his smart self. And I had the tendency to be embarrassed because of my eye and feel like people are looking at my eye and laughing up at my eye. And that's why when I was on Marco, I would look down at the phone. That way, if the eyes messed up, they about closed anyway. And people would be like, Gina, why do you have your eyes closed? They weren't closed, but it wasn't where you could see them. Because... <laughs> People will love you, but them same people will talk about you. And I know this because I've done it to other people. And that's why this weekend I was glad to be able to look in each one of their eyes. And whichever way these eyes was looking, honey, it, it, you figured it out. You figured it out. So a lot of times I would specifically say people's name because, honey, them eyes will have you messed up. And I, like I said, I've looked in the mirror myself and been thrown off. But the world is so politically correct until we can't laugh and joke about our flaws and our deficiencies. So they were like, Gina, you always got a blind man joke. But why am I going to walk around being sensitive about it? If God kept me here, he kept me here for a reason and for a purpose. So if that eye lay over there, cause you not to want to deal with me, then it's a reason for that. Because you're not meant for me. Because Whoever's meant to be in my life, it don't matter whether my eyes are playing tic-tac-toe. If you love me, you'll figure out which one 
who I'm talking to. And that's why, like I said, most times I'll just say somebody's name. And when I'm trying to hurry up and say a name, I'm liable to forget, but I know how to say, baby, honey, what is his name? What is this child's name? Please, somebody help me. Because I don't want nobody to be confused. And I don't want nobody to feel like, oh, Lord, is she talking to me? The eyes are going every which way. I can't figure it out. So I need to make sure that they know. But I enjoy being able to talk to them. And I was thankful for the times that we got to talk individually because you ain't but two of us in here. <laughs> one time, one of them said, Jeannie, you talking to me? Ain't but two of us in here. So, yes. But that time, we weren't in the same room. So that one, I could, I could kind of skate that one. But when we in the same room, like my grandbaby trying to be funny, looking right at me, looking in his direction, talking to him, and ain't nobody here but me and him. That's how I tell the same way about people, because when they trying to be funny, <laughs> they be like, Gina, you talking to me? If I'm looking in your direction, if I've even went as far as to call your name, I don't even finish it because I already know that when you do that, it was something evidently you didn't want to hear. Me being me. I don't mind repeating it. I don't mind. I don't mind. Like I tell my children, like I tell my grandbabies, Nani going to talk to you twice, third time, I'm going to give you a strike. I'm going to tell you something twice, third time, I'm going to just leave it alone because, see, one, you let me know who you are. You let me know where you are in my life. So when I was looking at them, if they didn't know who I, they was talking to, they sure didn't say nothing. We had a beautiful time. So I learned to don't worry about that layover. Because the people that love you, they lay over with you. It don't even matter. 